0: Lord God, we thank you for your word, your word that is truth in our life. May it mold us and shape us to be the people that you have called us to be, the people that you have created us to be. It's in Christ's name we pray, amen. Um, Today I'd like to talk to you about fear. And fear is not something that many people want to talk about or like to talk about, but they say it's healthy, to talk about fear, especially if you have childhood fears, because you want it to just, you know, get it out of your system, to to get it all out, and so um, one of the fears that I had growing up uh, when I was eight, uh, my family went to the Magic Kingdom, and I know our our, uh, our youth group went to the, the Magic Kingdom yesterday, and they had a great time, and um, our family was having a great time way back when, uh, watching the parades and being part of of uh, the the magic of Disney, as they say, and we were riding all the rides, but it was then that my brother and sister wanted to uh, ride the ride that would suddenly be my downfall Space mountain <laughs> right Space mountain, and at first, I was very excited. I was jumping up and down. this would have been my first experience uh, with a roller coaster of any kind, and, and I was so excited because of the anticipation of the experience. And as soon as I went into that building, um, it hit me. The darkness, the screaming, the roaring of the cars dripping on the rails and the flashing lights. I was afraid. And you might laugh, but truly I was in fear of my life. And I screamed, I cried, I begged my mom to get me out of this death trap of a ride. And so she did. And I don't know if you know it, but all the way toward the end of the line, before you get in the cars, there is an emergency exit. <laughs> and that's where I saw it, and I dragged my mom, and that's where we went. And at eight years old, I was, I was absolutely afraid. And now that I'm older, I, I'm not afraid anymore. I'm an adult, of course. I love... Uh, roller coasters, I love Space Mountain. Uh, my daughter, Anna, loves to go on Space Mountain as much as we can every time we go to the Magic Kingdom. And so when I pass the line, an uh, area in that line where the exit is, I'm always reminded of the time that I cried like a baby on Space Mountain. But fear. Christian, uh, Christian author and professor Dallas Willard says that fear is the anticipation of harm. That's what triggers the emotion of fear. When we don't know what's going to happen and our senses are on high alert to be ready for anything, we try to anticipate anything and everything and we are preparing ourselves for the worst case scenario. That's why people uh, who have the fear of heights uh, they, they get nervous when they get to the edge of anything that, that's very high up because uh, they are afraid they are going to fall off and die or get hurt. Some people who are, have the fear of flying in airplanes, they fear the plane will crash if, and, and will die if they are in the airplane, even if, it's ne- never, even if it hasn't gone up in the sky. And so when it comes to fear, we're all afraid of something. It just depends on what your worst-case scenario is, whether it's death, or death of a loved one, or dying alone, a loss of a job. We might be scared of terrorism, or crime, or war. Everyone has a fear, and in our scripture passage today, we hear the prophet Isaiah speak to the people of Israel. And at this point in Israel's history, they aren't a superpower. They, they don't have a king, and they aren't the great nation that they used to be. They have become a nation without a home. And they've been taken over by Babylonians, scattered to a foreign lands to live as exiles. And they never thought it would ever be this way. They never thought that it could be this way. I mean, God... God made a covenant with them through Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They were God's chosen people. So why don't they have a home anymore? Why are they in exile? Why are they suffering? Why are they living as servants and slaves and foreign lambs? Where was God? This was their worst-case scenario. This was their ultimate fear that God had left them. That God had forsaken them. But they are to find out that it's worse than even they had ever imagined. You see, Isaiah was a prophet that was sent by God to give the people God's message. And the message that God sends Israel in chapter 42 is that the people need to listen to Isaiah. This is how chapter 42 starts. God says, look at my servant whom I strengthened. He is my chosen one who pleases me and I have put my spirit upon him. You see, God has sent prophets to Israel before Isaiah. Over and over again, the message was pretty much the same, whether it was to the nation of Israel itself or to Israel's kings. Obey God. Follow God. Be faithful to God. Have faith in God. Love God. Simple. But for some reason, over and over again, Israel and its kings did not listen. To either prophets or to God. They took the favor and the promise that God had given them and they took them as permission to do whatever they wanted to do to anyone who they wanted to do it to. So Isaiah says it best at the end of chapter 42. He says, Listen, you who are deaf, look and see, you blind. You see and recognize what is right but refuse to act on it. You hear with your ears, but you don't really listen. Because he is righteous, the Lord has exalted his glorious law, but his own people have robbed and plundered, enslaved, imprisoned and trapped. They are fair game for anyone and have no one to protect them, no one to take them back home. Who will hear these lessons from the past and see the ruin that awaits you in the future? Who allowed Israel to be robbed and hurt? It was the Lord against whom we sinned. For the people would not walk in his path, nor would they obey his law. Therefore, he poured out his fury on them and destroyed them in battle. They were enveloped in flames, but they still refused to understand. They were consumed by fire, but they did not learn their lesson. What Isaiah tells Israel is that their fear, their nightmare, their worst-case scenario that they are going through is the product of God allowing Babylon to destroy their kingdom because of their continued sin and disobedience against God. God wasn't happy. And so he showed his unhappiness with them through this exile. But like other prophets, Isaiah's message from God is not just a message of judgment and a reminder of that judgment of what they've done, but it is a message of hope. Isaiah, in the previous chapter, said to listen, to really listen, because God is trying to tell us something. And then the first two words of Isaiah 43 are words that not only Israel needs to hear, but we need to hear today. We need to listen, and listen very closely, because this is how Isaiah 43 starts. But now. But now. With these two words, Isaiah's message becomes a message of hope. With God, there is always a but now. The but now means that even though the worst has happened, that there is something new that God is going and wanting to do in our lives. But now, this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Israel, do not fear. For I have redeemed you, I have summoned you by name, you are mine. The first words that Isaiah tells Israel after he tells them that God's the one who allowed them to be exiled is that God hasn't left you. He hasn't forsaken you. God created you, He redeemed you. He saved you. He knows you by name. He just doesn't know you as a, a group of people or as a church or as uh, social security numbers or just uh, a, just a figure. He knows your name. He knows you personally. And he's the clincher. and here's the clincher. God says you. Are mine. Jesus told Peter just before Jesus was arrested that Peter would deny him three times before the rooster crowed the next morning. And just as, as Jesus had told Peter, it happened. And Peter wept because he knew what he had done. He knew uh, the, 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 the horrible thing, the, the thing that he told Jesus that he would never do, he did. He denied Jesus. He denied his friend. He denied his mentor, his rabbi, his Lord and Savior because he was afraid. Because he feared that he would be arrested or he himself would be persecuted or put to death. For Peter, this was his worst case scenario. But the reality was that his fear drove him to the the reality of not putting his faith in God, But there in Peter's life, as Jesus returned, was the but now. Jesus came back and he called Peter by name. And Jesus told Peter in John chapter 21 to feed my lambs, to take care of my sheep and to feed my sheep. And he did all of this by calling Peter by his name. He asked him, do you love me? And every time Peter's answer was, of course I do, Lord. And just like that, we hear God through the prophet Isaiah. Do not fear, for I am with you. I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. And then God reminds us what it means to be his, to be a part of his family. He says, When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. God lets Israel know and lets us know that there will be times in our lives when circumstances will hit us like a hurricane hit us like a flood or an inferno. But the promise is this, the reality is this, that God is there with us. He has always been there with us, no matter the situation. When you are in the middle of those worst-case scenarios in your life, God says, fear not, for I am with you. And that's what we need to realize and remember no matter what we're going through or what are, no matter what we're afraid of, we need to have faith in the midst of it. And the it can be anything. It can be cancer, it can be health issues or financial issues, maybe transitions in life or loss of loved ones. It could be substance abuse, marriage problems, terrorist threats, wars, violence, or anything else that we are afraid of in the midst of all of it, in our worst-case scenario, God reminds us that we need to have faith. Faith in Him, faith in His love, faith in His presence. We belong to Him. No matter what happens, no matter what we do, God is going to be with us in the flood, with us in the fire, and with us when the worst happens. Amen.